Welcome to the C3 Coffs Harbour podcast. Today's message is a recording from our online service. To join our online church community, visit c3ch.online.church and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the message. I'm going to preach for like max eight minutes. At least I'll try. Um, we're getting really close to... You stay. You, you, you can stay because I need you. Um, next week we'll finish this series off after three months um, looking at above all else. And uh, by show of honest hands, who, who has enjoyed it even just a little bit, this series, this book here? Been even just a little bit helpful. And like I keep saying, please do not let this be just another book that goes, yeah, I read that book once. Let it, let it be a reminder of the disciplines that are necessary for us to live the life that God's called us to live. Because above all else, we've got to guard our heart, man. We've got to, we've got to watch what gets into our life, into our head, into our soul. Because whatever gets in, it's going to come out. And... You know, I want to live this life in such a way that what comes out of my life is good and it's wholesome and it's helpful and it's, it's consistent. That's what I want to come out. Um, and not to make me look good, but so that God would look good and others would enjoy the benefit of what God's done in me and ultimately that would bring me a sense of joy. So we're looking at today a, um, another discipline, which is one that's often never really talked about. Um, as we come into Christmas... We're going to hear a lot about the story of the birth of Christ. We're probably going to hear Matthew one twenty three, which talks about uh, the prophecy that was given in Isaiah that um, a virgin shall, shall conceive and will have a son and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. That's one of the names of Jesus, God with us. And in a very real historical sense, Jesus was with us 2,000 years ago. He actually did dwell on this earth for 33 years and live the life that we read about all through scripture and throughout secular historical accounts as well, that he actually was, like you and I, a physical human as part of the human race. But more than secularism, we believe what the Bible teaches, that he was the son of God descended from on high to make a way for you and I to have everlasting life with him. So, Emmanuel, God with us was with us then, we know by the power of His Holy Spirit, He is with us now. But the question needs to be asked, well, why? Why is God with us? And one of the main purposes that God is with us is because we're like sheep. Sure, we're pretty cute and fluffy, but we're dumb. We go astray. We get lost easily. We get distracted easily. And God with us is our good shepherd that guides us and leads us. That is one of the main reasons that God is with us on this earth now, to lead us and guide us in His way according to His kingdom principles and rules. And one of the sad truths that um, I've been studying about recently is, is the fact that in current culture is that we want this kingdom, the blessings of the kingdom, but we don't want the king. We want 
ourselves to be in control, ourselves to be the ruler, ourselves to be the ultimate authority. But that's not conducive with how the Bible teaches the kingdom of God working, is that we can have the kingdom of God, but we have to have the king in order for it to work. And that king is not you, and that king is not me. That king is Jesus. And so God is with us to lead us, to guide us. And we often... um, interpret that or think about that through the lens of our individualness, that God is with me to lead and guide me. But this chapter is about the discipline of guidance. And Richard Foster says that while God is absolutely guiding us on an individual level, he's got a bigger um, story at play where God is leading his people on a corporate level. The church, capital C, the global body of Christ, that God is on this earth to lead and guide his church, not just you in your family, in your workplace, in your town. Absolutely that, but more than that, God is directing the corporateness of his body. He would say that individual guidance must yield to corporate guidance. Oh, that word yield. It's almost as... Nasty is that word, submit. But individual guidance, God leading me directly where I want to go, must yield to God's corporate guidance of where he's taking the church. In other words, um, our small picture must never trump God's big picture. Because God's big picture is actually filled with the mass sum total of our small pictures. That's how it works. And so if we think that our small picture is bigger than what God's big picture is doing through the church, then we have segregated ourselves from His plan and purpose for humanity by thinking that God's plan for us is better than God's plan for the collective. And so we need to find how the kingdom of God is ordered and works well so that we slip ourselves into the slipstream of that and go where God is calling His church to go. This is particularly problematic in a society and a culture that not only um, embraces but celebrates individualism. You do you, boo. It's all about you, whatever you want, whatever you, you just chase that, you just go do that. The kingdom of God isn't about that. The kingdom of God is not what I want, but what he wants. We see that in Jesus. If there's any other way, Let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus surrendered his individual guidance to the bigger picture of God's corporate guidance of what he was doing on a macro level that would redeem all of humanity. Not just for him to avoid the pain and discomfort of the moment for himself, but to him to be a a part of the bigger picture that God was playing for the church. We see this all throughout the Bible. We see um, God's people being led out of, um, out of slavery together. That they, they were not just a random bunch of individuals that just happened to be going on the same journey and the same pilgrimage together. I was like, what are you doing here? Oh, we're going to the promise. Oh, me too. Let's go. We'll just align our visions individually together. No, no, God had a plan and a purpose for all of his people to take them together. All of them saw the cloud by day. All of them saw the pillar of fire by night. All of them were together aligning their individualness to God's corporateness. And then God appointed Moses 
to be the mediator, to be the leader. We see that in the life of Jesus. Calls a group of disciples. They lay down their life, put down their fishing nets, put aside their lucrative careers, join up with his great plan to have disciples around him that would start a chain reaction that would change the world forever and is the reason that you and I are sitting here today. They aligned their individualness with the corporate vision. You read it at the early church, Acts 2, Acts 4, it's all there. Having everything in common, all things in one mind. We're not talking about uniformity, we're talking about unity. You can still be an individual as a part of a whole, but what we're saying is we're, we're going to lay down our agenda to make our individualness the most priority, whereas God's bigger plan must be the top priority. Here's a great equation. God's will plus church unity equals power and authority. When the will of God collides with a church that is united in that will equals power and authority. And what we do is we change that formula around a bit and expect different results, but that's not how it works. It's in that order. God's will is set. Going to all the world, preach the gospel. His will is that none should perish. And his will is that you and I will be part of the solution to bringing salvation on this earth through what God has done in us that that will flow into others. God's will. Plus a church united in yielding to that vision and being part of that plan and that will equals an outpouring of power and authority that will allow us to see God do amazing things. To function at our best, we need the counsel of the Holy Spirit working through the united body of Christ to give us clear direction and clarity for where we're going. For me, just because I might be the pastor and I might be the pastors of this church does not mean that we have all the clarity and answers we need. The full counsel of God is not found in our wisdom as the leaders of this church. So it is not uncommon for me to call Manx and say, Manx, what are your thoughts on this? How do I, what do you reckon we do here? Because the full counsel of God is found in relationship with other people. Yes, it's from God himself. Yes, it's from scripture. But God has put the body around us to help us in the outworking of our mission. Or I'll call Eric Harrison, my oversight, or I'll call other people I know to get clarity and insight because the full counsel of God is not contained within me, it is contained within us. Ephesians 4.3, maintaining the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is why we need to have spiritual directors, people who can direct us and speak into our life and people who can have access and permission to speak freely into our worlds. You can call them mentors, pastors, whatever you want to do, but, but the Bible is clear that we need to have a spiritual director in our world. I'm not going to go into all that. That's kind of cool because it's, it's sort of saying that these spiritual directors, there's a myth that, that, that exists in the church where um, people in a, in a spiritual director role or a pastor or a leader or an overseer can be seen through the same lens as, say, I would go and see an optometrist if I want care for my eyes. And so spiritual directors are like, well, if I have an issue with my spirit, 
I will go and see, or my soul, I'll go and see a spiritual director, and that's about it. Like, you would not go to your optometrist and go, listen, I've got a couple of jobs I'm applying for. What do you, what do you reckon I go for? And I'm like, I'm just here to check your eyes. Or you wouldn't go to your optometrist and go, hey, listen, um, just having some issues in my marriage. Um, what, what do you reckon I do? And like, I don't know, put contacts in. I don't really know. Um, but a spiritual director is not like that. Because a spiritual director, a pastor, a leader, someone in the kingdom that God has put in your world is, is to there, there to bring care and direction to the wholeness of your life. Because from the inside, from the heart, flow what? All the issues of life. So above all else, guard our heart. So a spiritual director is not just about emotions and spirit and soul. It is but it's about helping you in the totality of your life because from this place comes everything that you will encounter, experience in your world. Seven minutes, 45 seconds. I'm right on time. Man of my word. Dallas Willard says this in the book. And he probably says it in real life too, I would imagine. The aim of God in history is the creation of an all-inclusion, sorry, an all-inclusive community of loving persons. Oh, that's you and I. The aim of God in history is the creation of an all-inclusive community of loving persons with himself included in that community as its prime sustainer and most glorious inhabitant. And that's exactly what we've done today. We have a loving community that has met together and we have invited the presence of God into that to be um, our prime sustainer that yes, we will, we will all help each other as iron sharpens iron so one man will help another man. Absolutely, we will encourage and spur and motivate all those things but, but God at the centre is our primary sustainer and He is the most glorious inhabitant of the gathering. If, if I ever become the most glorious inhabitant of our gathering, that's the day I resign. And the day I go, you guys need to check yourself because that's ridiculous. Jesus is the most glorious inhabitant. All I ever want to do is just capture your attention and then just fling it towards him. That's all. And then get out of the way while you and him do business. That's my role. So homework, we're going to finish. Because we've been doing this ponder and practice thing, right, where we think about this, this discipline, then we go and practice it in real life. So the ponder thing is, are you experiencing the full counsel of God by receiving guidance from others within the body of Christ? Or are you a solo ship just floating on the ocean of churchism or are you moored to more things than just yourself oh that was beautiful I didn't even write that down That's... eyes on him eyes on him eyes on him but serious question do, do you encounter the full counsel of God by allowing other people to have access to your world to speak truth and life into you and the practice, 
If you don't, find someone. Find a spiritual director. Find somebody who can speak truth and life into your world, who you can be honest with, who you can give them access to the wholeness of your life. It's amazing. Like Peter's brilliant at that. Like his life is open. Not to everybody, but he's got a handful of people who he specifically, I hope you don't mind me embarrassing like this, but I know that there's probably about four or five people that he intentionally surrounds himself with and seeks them out and asks them questions about his life and his stuff to get heavenly wisdom so that he can be all he can be. And there's no one I know like Pete that seeks the full counsel of God directly from God himself, directly from God's word and also from those in the body of Christ who God's put around us to be those people who can speak truth in love. So that's the discipline of guidance. And again, it's one of those things that doesn't often get talked about, um, but is, is really necessary if, if we're going to be in this for the long haul. Like the, the Christian life is not just while the services give you a buzz and you feel cool or whatever. Like it's, it's forever. Like, and, and if it's forever, then let's, let's get better. Let's get stronger. Let's, let's work on our meditation world. Let's work on our prayer life. Let's work on the discipline of fasting on a regular basis. Let's work on our study of God's word. Let's work on stripping back our life to live more simply. Let's work on having solitude where we fill the empty spaces of our life with the presence of God on purpose. Let's, let's live a life of submission where it's nevertheless not my will but your will be done and we intentionally make that decision. Let's live a life of service where we don't just hold our giftings back but we freely pour out all we are and what we have to serve everyone around us. Let's live a life of confession where we don't hold the inner deep dark secrets inside of us in there any longer causing us to to have this toxic poison inside of us but let's confess our sins to one another that we might be healed from those things that we've held on to for far too long let's live a life of worship where Jesus is at the center and we bring all glory all praise and all honor to him and let's be guided by God his word and the people that he's put around us so that we can live this life to the best we possibly can Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our online services, visit c3ch.online.church and come say hi on Facebook and Instagram.